Hello and welcome back to the Only Pans podcast. And today I am joined by someone closer to home, my father. Hello. Well, welcome to <laughs> I was the podcast. Speak, I was going to talk like that throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that everyone thinks Oh, I'm thinking of doing that one episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a whole uh, a whole podcast episode in a in an accent, see if people in a completely really different like. voice. Yeah, <laughs> go really camp like on Mexican. <laughs> Louis a Mexican voice sounds really camp. <laughs> Do a little Louis Spence. Oh, voice. hey guys. <laughs> right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> That's the. Uh, Different start to the other one. Apologies to everyone, especially the camp people were listening. <laughs> right. Um, I ask all the, uh, well, I've only had one person on so far, but I ask them the same thing every time. What is your favorite food? Um, well, it's uh, from, I would say it's got to be, and I'm not, I know it sounds cliche, but it's the same as yours. It's a, well, yeah, well, ramen is um, in all different countries. I first had my first ramen style of um, or food in Thailand. Yeah. And um, we, were play- we were staying in this place called Koh Lanta, and they used to bring out this soup with chicken, noodles, loads of different vegetables, and mm. loads of chili. And, um, I, that, and I used to have it for breakfast. Nice. And because um, in Asia, they all eat spicy food first thing, you know, and yeah. soups and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I have literally just continued doing that, really. And I, I as well, oh, my favorite food, um, if you have a Chinese takeaway yeah. and the leftovers the next day, making a ramen out of that. That's what yeah. that's what I love doing. Yeah. <laughs> which you know very well because yeah. I used to do that for you lot didn't I <laughs> exactly and we'll get on to that later in the podcast yeah. <laughs> don't want to use up all the ideas early <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, right. there's a funny story linked to that <laughs> <laughs> to that Chinese takeaway one is that what you mean yeah yeah okay I see what you mean <laughs> yeah fair enough, yeah. Um, yeah 100% we both uh, share the same palate clearly mm. ramen um, I think everyone's there uh, realize how much i like it now since every episode i go on about it for about half an hour well um, it's just everyone should try it and get into it because yeah, exactly you know it because it's it is actually really filling and um if you want to cut out all the breads and whatever else you eat mm. um it's a really good way to do it yeah 100 percent. so spicy food as well is so good for you something about metabolism yeah. it does it gets um, it all going doesn't it yeah and sweating out all the uh all the salt and things like that um so you said thailand but is that is that your favorite place to travel or is um is uh, it, i reckon it was at one point yeah um went there a few times um but I've, i was lucky i traveled a lot you know i did one of those things where i was like right fixed on traveling and so went to um all of southeast asia um india yeah was incredible um agreed the R- rajasthan so i did the um i did like the northern side of india yeah um you've been you went down south yeah so we the north is is a bit harder to travel in regards to it's not there's no beaches there and all that sort of stuff it's literally going into a a town Mm. you're getting bombarded with people and but it's got so much culture there and you know yeah. like really it really um interesting places to go and and vietnam as well that was incredible i want to go to vietnam uh, yeah i mean that was that was an amazing place to go nepal yeah again so i couldn't put i couldn't put I couldn't say a favourite place. One mm. of my favourite places in the world to tra- to go to is Sardinia, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. One meter pizzas. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> really the enjoy it there, and it's and it's close. You know yeah. what I mean? You can yeah, jump yeah, on a plane yeah. on a Ryanair from Stansted, get mm. there for next to nothing, and um, yeah, it's full of lovely people, and the place is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Italian food is um, it's pretty much taken over the world, really. Um, 
it's uh so accessible so um yeah so normalized really well they've got they because they're so close because they they like fresh fish yeah as well they've got a real good balance out in sardinia where they've got pizzas and yeah like you say the meat along pizzas they're really done really really thin yeah you know like the traditional style the proper style mm. But they, um, but they're right next to the water, and they've got an amazing selection of um, seafood. So all the restaurants are just incredible. Yeah, seafood's my uh, my go-to. Me and um, Josh oh, yeah. are trying to be pescatarian for a little bit, seeing oh, yeah? how seeing how long yeah, we yeah. can do it. Um, yeah. we've got got a little bet going on, so you can do it for the longest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you doing? Just uh, eating tuna. Pretty much. Cans of tuna. Cans <laughs> of tuna and whole bottles of mayonnaise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Fish fingers. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, Favourite thing you ate whilst you were travelling? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, it's got a... Well, it, the number one was that ramen from... Uh, but yeah. I would say... I actually, I I was I was lucky. I went out on a boat, caught a big barracuda, brought yeah. it back, and they the the place um, showed me how to gut it and cook it, and it was unbelievable. I'd never thought I it's it like this really light white meat, and it was one of the most special things when you've caught something, which is quite an evil yeah. looking thing. Mm. And then um, take it back, and then watch. And and the chef at the place um, just took me back into the kitchen and cooked, showed me how to gut it, cook it. And oh my god, it was amazing! Mm. <laughs> he just put a bit of lemon and a bit of chili with it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, so yeah, and we just sat there eating it for about an hour because it was a quite a big barracuda. Yeah, I can um, imagine. So that was good, uh, but God. Oh. It's so it's so hard to say. We've you know we've we've like don't don't want to sound all show offy, but we we went out on this um, camel trek mm. um, in in India, and they would the the people that take you out um, on the tour, you get this guide with you, and um, they literally have all this all these herbs and spices and everything. They just make a dal. Yeah, they when they camp up at night because you camp and you under the stars, you know, there's nowhere to sleep. Mm. You're literally on a rug in the desert. Yeah, and so they make a fire, they bring out a pot of pan, they they literally do like that. They they pour some water in, they make mm. a dal. Yeah, and they put all these herbs and spices, and then they put give you a chapati, and then you have that, and mm. that's it. But it was they are some <laughs> of the most incredible things I've had. Because just because of those different little spices and those herbs and spices for, that are local, I don't think you can replicate them. Yeah, hundred percent. I went on a, when I went to India, so I've got a little story to link with both of them. Actually, when I was uh, yeah. the second time I went, um, we I didn't catch the fish myself, but when they came back on their fishing boats and they had little baby hammerhead sharks and um, oh really <laughs> yeah they knew i was into cooking so they showed me how oh. to tandoori them and then they barbecued them on the beach it was a uh, one special night it might have been it might have been christmas eve um they had a massive barbecue with like lobsters loads of different fish and they were tandoori and hammered shot and i tried it with malik and it was unbelievable it's like it didn't even taste like fish because things like that, they're so um, meaty for something mm. so small and delicate. Well, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if you can class a hammerhead shark as delicate, but <laughs> definitely, it's definitely, it was definitely small. <laughs> it was uh, about that big, about the size of a ruler. I'm not sure oh. how big that is. Um, and then. This, the first time I went, um, I did a cooking course with Alex and they were they were showing us how to do all the dolls, make the bread. And where's the scar? I've got a scar on my... One so of these how, scars... What is a doll? Is it lentils? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's mainly lentils. Yeah, it? it's like go on, lent- sorry, go on. lentils, on. spices, um, some sort of... That's it, really, isn't it? It's just yeah. a... Simple. Um, mm. But we were making them, and we were making... I think it was chapatis. I'm not sure. And one of these scars, I think it's that one, is from um, the, the steaming hot pan that you put uh, to cook the chapatis on both sides. It's pretty much on the flame yeah. the whole time. Just rested it down on my hand. Oh. Sizzled it. <laughs> In the hot sun. Yeah, literally. 30 Lovely. degrees and then yeah. 2,000 degrees on my hand. Yeah, lovely. Um, so we haven't uh, we haven't spoke about this yet, but what is your... I'd say you have two professions. What are they? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you tell well, me. <laughs> firstly... <laughs> well, nothing at the moment. I've just, I've just lost all my businesses um, through COVID. Yeah. But, well, um, you're yeah, a DJ. Well, me- <laughs> Well, no, I'd say it's more mu- it's musician, I would have thought, is, yeah. is one. You were a um, DJ. Yeah, I was a DJ. But yeah, it was a part-time thing. And But I was really make my, my whole love for music was when I um, was 18, 19. Yeah. Um, I decided to um, get into drum and bass type jungle music. Yeah. Um, and, well, it was more hardcore, it was called back at the day. Yeah. Um, old school hardcore it's known as now and um, I made a record I, I was so into it and I was I used to play the piano as well so I thought I'll have a go at making a tune yeah and it did really well um, we did um, and I went on and made four more um, mm. and um, that was it really I, 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 I sort of came out of that a bit because I was let down by a um, a distribution firm who had all my records they went bust they went into liquidation yeah and i was kind of doing it on my own and i put all my money into it and all everything literally everything a penny i had was in yeah to to launch in my fourth ep mm. and um they went into liquidation and um that was it really yeah. i sort of just sort of i thought oh god go and get a normal job you know yeah. and that sort of stuff so i ended up doing doing exactly that um, but yeah, recently had a, luck, a stroke of luck where they wanted to re-release it after 28 years, yeah. and it got me right back into the music. Mm. Um, and I've been making ever since lockdown. I've been making and working on an album which I launch in um, at, well at, at the end of March Ooh. called Anderson, Anderson Three. Here we go, I'm promo. It. Yeah. The first bit of promo. <laughs> I am trying not to sound like I'm plugging my Anderson Free. This is album. a safe space. You're allowed to plug it all you like on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, I've I've just absolutely found my, you know, so that is that's yeah. my absolute passion, mm. what I love doing. Um, my second job is selling um, high level. I've had a really good track record of um, launching gins. Yeah. into the into the industry so i work with a lot of the restaurants and bars in central london michelin star restaurants um and just basically been a salesman for brands yeah. going into these establishments and trying to persuade them to take on what brand i'm selling yeah so i've had san pellegrino water which is a, that's where i've got all the links with all the fine Huge. dining restaurants yeah yeah and um i was ahead of that for a while and then i um I went on to launch gins and stuff and Curran Gin, a Scottish gin, which is massive now. Yeah. That um that was one of my case studies. This one one I use. And also Slingsby Gin. Yeah. I work with that now, which has got a massive range. So that's a huge Yeah, one. it's good. I was I was listening to your last with, with the with the chef. Yeah, Anthony. Um and yeah, Anthony, and he was talking about foraging. Yeah. And um, I was, it was, it made me laugh actually because foraging is just, it's so, it's for food and for drink. Yeah. It's massive for drink. And I did a cocktail competition once for mm-hmm. Karun Gin where we set up in a, these gardens in Kensington that were specifically full of, yeah. uh, but they were for foraging. They, mm. It was like a, it's a known thing. And it's, um, so I did a cocktail competition there with all the, um, all the bars, invited all the head bar 
managers mm. and they gave them 20 minutes to go and forage oh, and come back and make a perfect gin and tonic. And that's then we wicked. judged who made the perfect and who found what. Mm. And it, they, they, it was just such a rare and new idea. Yeah. Um, but a great idea. It, yeah, 100%. It was, it was so popular. But um, yeah, anyway, that's... I've my never heard anything. Never heard anything like that before. So uh... no, it was, it was a really successful thing, and I haven't heard of it, heard, heard of it since. But I suppose it's hard to get into these gardens. Yeah, we were lucky. We had the power of a brand behind us. But yeah, that'd be good for food as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be a... that'd be interesting. Mm. I think Anthony would do well in one of them with all of his. Uh, well, I was going to say, just walking around, I would. It it, it made me think. Yeah, it's something I would like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I would like to get, be able to go out, go out, have a wander and, and think, go because you don't know what you're picking up, do you? Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. You. you need to be educated to, to yeah. be able to do it, really. Um, but End up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just literally eating a berry and dying. <laughs> <laughs> Puking up all the way home. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> a lovely forage that was today. Delicious. <laughs> Cat shit. <laughs> um, so when you were a kid, was that your dream, being a DJ or just making music and things like that? Yeah, that was it. All I, I you know, my mum and dad, I wasn't doing particularly well at school and they came to me, sat me on the bed and, I, and said, you know, do you want to change schools? And, you know, we've got space for you in another school if you want and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. Not, not at school, even though now I, 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 I don't regret it because I, I picked stuff up all along the way. But yeah. at, when I was at school, um, I didn't have any interest in learning. Mm. It just wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, it was, I just, it was, I liked dotting around. I liked having a laugh. And I just didn't take it seriously. I just, for some reason, didn't think I would ever need um, to. Well, I never knew. I knew I wasn't going to go and work in a bank or, yeah. a, you know, I just get a, like a normal job. Um, I just knew I wasn't going to have a normal job, and that was true. Yeah, and so I, I think... knew that. I knew that at an early age. But yeah, um, I think everyone. There's two ways that everyone goes down when they're going into jobs you either are a creative person you go to a job that doesn't feel like a job well i mean no job yeah. should feel like a job to anyone but there's definitely two sides to it like if you're a creative person working as like to be fair every all of us like you me felix mum none of we've all got creative jobs in their own right yeah, yeah no so, definitely. um it's definitely there's two different ways you can go down, like working in an office. They have nowhere near the creativity levels of um, like artists or chefs or people like that. No, but then, you know, some people are born to do those jobs yeah, and they exactly. like that. They mm. like that routine. They like they're, they're yeah. usually the people that are called organized people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am not. Yeah, neither am I. Seeing as uh, <laughs> the upload schedule on these podcasts changes every week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably me putting. I was like, "No, um, can we do it tomorrow?" <laughs> but now all of them will be out on a Tuesday because it gives me Monday off, and no one likes a Monday anyway. No, yeah. In fact, it can make it's it's kind of a miserable day for most people, isn't it? Mm. I mean, to be fair, in lockdown every day is pretty much the same. Same. Mm. Unless you're still unless you're still working. Um every day is yeah. they're all yeah, merging no, together. I don't even know what day it is most of the time. Couldn't tell you. No. No. But Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Moving on. Future ventures. I mean, you've got your album coming out. Mm. Have you got um, anything else alongside that you've got uh, lined up or? Well, um, I've, we have got a, um, we, we were going to have a big um, 
I had, we started an events company called Press Cartel. Yeah. And we were going to do a, um, we did one lot. We did the first one uh, yeah. over a year and a half ago now. Mm, really? um, yeah. It's, um, I know it's gone quick. Yeah, time. Nice. But we did, what it is, is an event where we um, invite uh, any entrepreneur in mm. sort of like, any type of industry. So say, say you had a fashion brand as your young brand, um, you can, or a small catering firm or a, yeah. or a brand new gin or a brand new beer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You often, when you have, when you launch a new brand, you, um, you have costs like you pay for PR someone to write about, um, someone, well, PR companies basically, uh, what they do is get they get you in magazines they get you a write-up with this particular company you know what i mean or website or you know to try and build your brand but pr is so expensive so we came up with this idea that we um cut out all the middlemen my business partner he um knows he works in pr and all of his life he's he, he realizes that pr overcharges yeah um and doesn't quantify um what they do they don't tell you you know they they don't say right well all they do is take large amounts of money off you every month yeah you don't really know where your money's going or how successful it's being so Mm. we thought we'd cut out all of that we'll we'll invite all the people that are going to do the write up we'll invite the magazines the writers for all of the websites and all of that sort of stuff yeah to an event give them a time slot and they can walk around Visit these people that are that are there showing off the brands and meet the brands directly. So, because that's often the case, the the writers never get to meet the brands directly. They just listen to some PR company. Yeah. Um. So, it was a really successful idea, and we had to cancel our last two mm. because of COVID. Because it is really a it's an exhibition where people walk around and yeah. and meet people, and all events have been even venues that we had hired like in Camden, like this amazing place called Fest in Camden, yeah, which is incredible p- buzzing place. Surrounded by restaurants, surrounded mm. by bars, um, is closed now. It's just oh. so sad to hear. So I don't know how this hospitality industry is going to be when we all go back. Yeah, it's going to be limited places. Yeah. Whereas, you know, where, where you could walk around anywhere in London and find a really good play. I don't, just don't think it's going to be the same anymore. And I'm just, it is sad to think that yeah. all these creative little um, independent places are going to have to cl- have to have closed down because yeah. of this. There's uh, definitely wasn't enough um, funding pumped into it because really... It does run quite a lot of the attraction to anywhere, really. Any of the major major cities around the around the country, or even around the world, that's what attracts a lot of people. People come to. Yeah. So, if someone goes to London, a main reason will be for the food because there's so many yeah. different places you can get literally anything in London. Yeah, you can. So, yeah, I mean, Camden being one of those places as well, with those, yeah, exactly, some of those incredible little stalls, which has yeah. really changed. It only used to be Chinese, yeah, and then, and then it started expanding, and you've literally got anything. You know, you've got like you've mentioned about the Borough Market, yeah, and how how com- how amazing that is for yeah. going and buying some food. It's really hard to choose. Yeah, it's like it's strange how many things they've got in there, because. Like you walk around one corner, you'll see like Wagyu beef, and then walk around another, and you'll yeah. see caviar. It's just, uh, yeah, and oh, even then, mental, isn't it? oh, yeah, I spent five pounds and came back with like chicken thighs, Jerusalem artichokes, fresh jalapenos, um, like massive bulbs of garlic, like size of my hand. Sorry. <laughs> Can you just rewind? Jerusalem artichokes. Jerusalem artichokes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I eat those every day. I think they're probably probably my favourite carbohydrate, if I had to choose one. It's like a 
Oh, it's like a mixture between a parsnip and a potato. Um, but it's like really sweet. Well, I know what an artichoke is, but a Jerusalem, yeah. So, oh, I'll get a picture up and I'll show you. Um, they're really hard to describe. They're small, they look a bit like uh, just fresh ginger. Oh, yeah, but they're so nice. Uh, what I do, I parboil them and then I uh, oh, so slice them in some, half. Pick them up to bring home to cook. You mean? Yeah. 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 Ah, okay. Oh, so you're talking about the borough market, the indoor beer. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, crazy. And then you slice them in half, mm. roast them face down on a on a little baking tray, and they're so good. They go so crispy. I did a mm. I did a dish um, for one of my finals exams at college before uh lockdown and it was uh romesco sauce which is just um like mashed up roasted pepper um some sort of nuts and olive oil and then yeah uh roasted jerusalem artichokes and roasted broccoli stems and it doesn't sound like much but it was i think it got the best dish of the of the day and i got a distinction for it and it was um it's proof that the little things you don't have to do uh anything too special to have something um amazing and delicious that's the same with ramen really like it's a couple of ingredients in a pot noodles bang yeah it's delicious it's got so much so much depth to it um, a bit of stock. Yeah. Always have stock in your cupboard. That's all you yeah. need, really. <laughs> I don't right now. I need to get so I might make one actually. Um, oh, I can't. I'm not having, not having chicken. I'm gonna have to have a fish yeah, make ramen. A fish stock. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell I tell you what I do. What stock. I have been putting in my um, my ramen recently is mm. fish. Um, and this is a chicken ramen, so chicken stock, and then I had a dash of fish sauce. Yeah, you um, always put fish sauce in it. It's so yeah. nice. The yeah, smell just, is awful, though. Yeah, terrible smell from the bottle, but tastes incredible in the yeah. um Yeah, with mixed with chicken for some reason. Well, yeah, it's like soy sauce and fish sauce. They add, there's some, there's a sixth sense. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. Um, so you've got taste, smell. Actually, no, no. So when you eat things in taste there's like six different categories there's like saltiness bitterness yeah. and there, but there's a new one and it's called umami and right. it's um it's similar to what msg gives dishes so it oh, just yeah. you want to come back for more but it's in like mushrooms um soy sauce fish sauce it just adds a uh, a little a different a different level to food which makes you want to go back for more and that's something what are you about saying ramen. so it triggers something in your brain yeah right okay. it's the same yeah. same effects as msg yeah msg to to some extent is really good in cooking but yeah i mean that's that's mainly in chinese cooking is it, is it used anywhere else um definitely it's mainly asian based is it do they uh, do you use it at college in anything not really i have before um i did an international cooking class and we were making some sort of rice and we used msg for that um but in in places in asia it's like a household ingredient as we would use like salt Mm. they use salt as well but aromat yeah that is pretty much some <laughs> sort of msg because in that yeah, is <laughs> crazy it's a bouillon powder but 100 yeah. percent, it's the same as a maggie cube or a maggie uh liquid maggie yeah, yeah. well yeah, i'd say that's changer. yeah that's i'd say that's closer to um closer to a soy sauce the maggie liquid yeah well, I, I use it in everything i'm not gonna lie yeah, yeah elevates the dish I don't see why. Uh, don't see why there's. Uh, I'd rather season a season something I'm eating with um, aromat or maggie than use salt. 
Yeah, absolutely, all day long. Yeah, so, I've been doing that for years. More flavors, absolutely. yeah. Abs- everything, every single thing I cook, I literally use that. I would never, really? over, like, even if I had a can of soup, I'd be using both of them in it. Yeah. Just 100%. enhances the flavor. Yeah. Cereal. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. <laughs> Chicken. Chicken flavored cereal. Yeah. When I said absolutely everything, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Always have it with Chocolate. my ice cream. Gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So now we're going to move on to the little. Uh, food related stories section and i'm sure we have quite a few um, <laughs> yeah so we'll yeah. start from the earliest one that i can remember there's probably one before that you can remember but it's the earliest one i can um i'll let you i'll let you uh describe it it's the chili story oh so the yeah well we i was um i'm really into my chilies yeah and always have been. And I had, um, I thought I had a go at growing my own. Mm. Um, so from scratch, you know, so it was yeah. like from a seed and it came up and it was all there and it grew and it grew. And um, when the chilies started coming out, they were only like, you know, like an inch. Yeah, it was like a bird's eye. Or so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, and it was because I sort of treated it as our little plant. And I was like, boys, come on. Yeah. Let's try our first chili. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I cut it up into small thing, not thinking. I did not thinking the power or potential <laughs> power of these this particular <laughs> thing. I was just thinking this is a homegrown one. You know, you can't. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, how wrong was I? Yeah, I cut it up. We all did it at the same time. We all put it. Fire. You feel you feel it to me. Put it. In our mouths, and uh, yeah, you you uh, you it's cried, like you cried for about ten minutes each, both of you. Only ten minutes. That's stop. quite good for us. <laughs> well, it was the most unbelievably hot chili, and that that's, that was for me at the time. But you two put it mm. straight in your mouth, and we we all chewed it up and we all swallowed it. But it, the impact of a chili after, so that was it's like a pain. The first. That was the cruelest thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> I should have just checked. I should have just checked the temperature before, but I just didn't think. It was um, so It was definitely part of a character building because having a, having a spice tolerance is definitely underrated. Because when, uh, when you get into spicy food, it's, you can't get out of it. Oh. And plus it just exp- it literally opens your door to like another 60 percent of the the world's food yeah you know what i mean i don't you know lots of just think of all those foods that you'd be missing out on if you didn't like any spice yeah exactly it'd just it'd just be every culture you wouldn't be able to travel mm. you wouldn't be able to travel you wouldn't especially not um southeast asia or around yeah um or india or anything like that when i was uh <laughs> when i was younger mm. What's my favourite food? I can't remember. Um, well, you're a big fan of um, the old um, pizzas, but you were really into um, things like um, curries, yeah. mild curries and things like that. You were the one, you were out of the three that would just head first throw yourself into trying something. Mm. so if we was at a restaurant and whatever we had you would try it was it was unbelievable i'd never no one had ever seen anything like it and that was and, and we knew that you were going to be going and doing something food related we knew from the age of about seven or eight i'd say is when you just literally used to hang about in the kitchen yeah um so... It is Please, that I do. Please, Daddy. <laughs> Please feed me. <laughs> no, but <laughs> hang around the kitchen, but learn, just constantly interested about how to do it because it was a good, fun thing to do. We, we yeah. always made it fun. I made it fun. I like, I love doing, you know, anything in the kitchen, cook, cooking, mm-hmm. whatever. So you, um, you took that well on board at an early age. Um, 
yeah and it was and we was right we, you did you just aimed for that industry you were you were fascinated with it and you still are so it's good decent yeah i just think food is the 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 best thing on the planet i think better yeah. than better than money better than anything better than clothes you just having eating good food is mm. um oh what's the word underappreciated that's not the word well because it's all everything's done we don't live off the taken for granted yeah that's what it is yeah. good food um i've been watching a few programs recently and um yeah like when you go to um i've watched the gordon ramsay where he goes and he goes to um like rural parts of peru yeah, yeah. Like in the middle of nowhere and he'll find these little these little Inca, I don't think they're called Incas out there, like this tiny village in the middle of a valley. Yeah. And they cook a broth. Mm. Um, and they, it, it's just, they use, they go out and they pick the herbs and spices from all around the valley. Yeah. They chuck them in, they put them in pot. And, and he said, it's, you know, and just look, if you, you you're surrounded, everyone's surrounded with, but we're not anymore. We go to a supermarket, limited um, available yeah. herbs and spices there, and it's all just branding and all this sort of stuff. It does my head in. And when you go, when you do go to these amazing parts of the world, you realise how, like they're they're cooking to Michelin star level taste. Yeah, they are. And this is where they where they, all the all the main restaurants get their inspiration from, isn't it? From 100%. rural places all around the world. Yeah. I think I saw uh, Gordon Ramsay. He went to, I think it was somewhere in Egypt and he had lamb and he said it was the best lamb he's ever had. And it was mm. just some random street pop-up thing. And it was the yeah. best lamb he's ever had. So it shows... Um, a lot of the ind- I was talking about it with Anthony last episode. <clears throat> a lot of the industry is uh branded and just all about personality and yeah, commercialization. Mm. So it ruins it to some extent, but then when you find a proper a gem of a restaurant, it is such a good feeling, yeah, absolutely. What's your favourite restaurant locally around here? I think I don't eat out too often because I don't see mm. I don't really see a point if I can cook as that good lavish. As, that lavish is pretty. Yeah, decent, that's what right? I was going to say. Um, yeah. I think that was one of the last times I out properly. Um, and the lamb from there, or no, no. But there's a supermarket just bit under you know where yeah, Waitrose, I saw that. It's um, it? going to be an international supermarket. Apparently, it's going to have every herb and spice you could possibly from all over the world. It's going to have a butcher's where they're going to have um, pre-marinated meats, wow. a bakery with all the different um, from all different like um, Middle Eastern style pastries and stuff like that lacquers and things like that happy days yeah that's perfect for you i know but it's finally coming yeah you know we need that we need those sort of stores and it's an independent one it's not like a you know i was dreading a co-op going in there or something like that i mean because yeah i'm just fed up of it really can't go to a tesco express you cannot get you i walk out there with the right ingredients to make something decent. Yeah, exactly. That you want. Um, that is perfect. But I thought there was going to be a budgins opening, weren't there? But I'm yeah. not sure if that's happening anymore. They've taken their signs down. Yeah, that's what I saw. But I'm not too fussed again. anyway. We don't need more no. like big chain places. No. We haven't actually we got a place in the old town that um, well, we will then but that does proper good decent fruit and veg no because the stuff no, we haven't the stuff you get in tesco is tragic like i bought well, it's, it's um, also one day um from from being out of date yeah exactly so it's i mean i don't go by dates 
too often, but you have to sort of, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you because know, you don't know you you don't know the history of where it's come from on the transits yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, they, everything you buy from there is literally next day gone. And they did that on purpose. Yeah, and even the things that you just buy when they're still out of date. I remember a few months ago, I bought I think it was carrots cut into one. It was just moldy. Not it doesn't right. make any sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shocking. But, uh, yeah, somewhere fresh. Because if we had somewhere like a borough market closer to Stevenage, I think Stevenage is um, it's definitely going uh, going up with in terms of things that we're having here. Like, we're getting a five guys here. We're getting a five we? guys. Yeah, we're getting a five guys in the leisure park. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we're, we're getting <laughs> Remortgage your house. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I remember one time I went in there with my <laughs> mates and um, I was I, I was ordering uh, £700. It's, pretty <laughs> much, it's like going to the cinema. Yeah. You get no, popcorn and a drink. Because it's, it's like, yeah, it's very much so. And, and there's, there's a McDonald's. Um, now, when you compare the two, yeah. Now you it's know ridiculous. I have the odd McDonald's in the year, like yeah, the odd yeah, one yeah. in the year. I don't, not really a big fan to be fair, because I'm always disappointed slightly afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the four of it, mm. I'm. But it's usually on a hangover. Yeah, I think take um, but, that's some of the things with takeaways as well. You buy it with you think you're gonna like it, and you might like it in the moment, but it is. Yeah instant regret after you eat it it's just <laughs> there's literally just no need for takeaways or like no. bad ones good ones are all right if you're getting it from a decent restaurant or a decent decent chain but it, like every now and again i'll get something from like uh, like a chicken shop or something like that i'll just oh, feel so terrible after i eat it i'm just why did i do that i always i always fall for the trap of walking past you know like those um you know, like with the Chinese noodle places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, right. I always, I've, I've done it all my life, and I've, I don't know why I haven't learned. Um, I go there, and, I, and my idea is the smell of those noodles coming crazy. out of the place. And that's that. crazy. And that little pop chick, you know, the, the salt salt chilli yeah, um, yeah. chicken mm. and all of that. But when, as soon as they, and it looks amazing, they, as soon as they dump it on your plate and they put a bit of sauce over it, you go to eat it, but it's so bland, and the the amount of salt on our MSG basically yeah. <laughs> they use to do that chicken, that crap, you know, the the salt and pepper chicken. I feel terrible. Aren't and then just massive regret. Yeah. Every time I've done it, but I still do it each time. What's that? <laughs> one what's one that day about? it might get good. <laughs> what, what's that about? Just say, just no. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> just say to myself, why do I do it? <laughs> might be the why, might be the people do. working in there enticing in. yeah yeah they do they they ask you to try it don't they <laughs> the best one oh, things like that um in borough market oh, squeaky chair um in borough market <laughs> this smell is in there but more in the more in the street food side. I was walking. Mm. I was where was I walking past? I was walking past a Greek. Was it Greek? It might have been Turkish, Turkish or Greek. Uh, I was walking past one of their stalls, and you smell it. It's just straight nostalgia, but it's mm. all in one place, and it is def- it's mm. special. You don't get it anywhere else. Like if you're just walking down the street and there's a few restaurants, you won't smell the restaurants. Um, yeah. But street food is, um, it's not. Was they, were they all still open um, there? Yeah. And is it because it's an outdoor? Yeah, I think so. Of... It was second. I think it was essential. the second lockdown. Are they? Are they classed as essential? I suppose they could be, don't they? Anyway. Yeah. Food. I think they could, but. They're at the same time, it's like all open and all the they're, they're stuff encouraging is just gab there. people. They're encouraging crowd though, so yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought it's open at the moment, is it? I'm not sure. It was open in the first and second lockdown. 
I'm not sure if it's opening this one. Not Um, worth checking that out. Although we can't travel. We're not supposed to travel, are we? Yeah, that's true. But technically, you can can class um, going to get food as essential travel. Yeah. But whether that is uh, essential, essential, I'm not sure. (laughs) Essential in the... Essential to to someone out there. It would be essential to me if I was to go to Borough Market. I would class it as essential because it's my favourite place. So it's a serotonin booster. And the word essential is also your favourite. Yeah, exactly. I only used it about fifteen <laughs> times in that conversation. <laughs> um, anyway, so I suppose we should really talk about a. The how the love that when we first made the um the, that yeah. famous soup. I don't so know if that's a you subject. touched on it earlier. <laughs> um, it's, I did suppose I, did I a, come up with the uh, name? I don't know. I feel I feel I like I did. <laughs> but I might, I, like be, I might just be taking credit <laughs> for your your creation. I I, how much credit do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll you give can it, take that you can have the, you, you're having this one you created it you introduced it what is it so when you have a um chinese takeaway yeah you know that when you say you had a salt and pepper chicken for example going back to that um you know all the vegetables at the bottom and chilies that are left in each in each little packet yeah or, or each little container that you've had mm-hmm. whether it be whatever you know in black bean something in black bean sauce and you've got all the little vegetables and all that sort of stuff left over yeah and at the end whack it and bits and and you've still got a few bits of from each dish still left just a little couple whack it all in one whack it all in one pot and chop it up as much as you can scissors or whatever you know and um then stick in and then make your ramen Mm. wallop that in and it usually very top heavy heavy with chilies. Yeah. But that's good. It's a this is this is a like your burn your mouth off ramen. Yeah. So we I used to make that and you and Felix absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. And we came up and it's you was really small. Mm. <laughs> and it was like you you could you'd be seeing watching you two eating it. It was so nice tasting, but yeah, you could exactly. see the sweat pouring off your head. It's the initial it's the initial taste that you get from it because you get all the, it's like f- explosion of flavour in your mouth and then it's just followed up by straight fire all the way yeah. down your throat and <laughs> on your tongue. So yeah. your tongue expands Incredible. like five times. <laughs> I'm just making me, I'm def- I would absolutely love to eat that right now. <laughs> I haven't had it. It's I haven't had it so, time. no, I know. I'm going to have to do that soon. But um, we we were trying to think of a name for it because it was kind of like a, um, you know, we were like the we were thinking of fire, anything to do with dragons, and then then the devil came out, and then we called the soup devil the devil's bum juice. <laughs> now. now, now you, to anyone you, outside you the circle, kid. yeah. <laughs> You were young kids. I don't know how this is going to sound. Um, <laughs> it stuck, though. It did stick. Every time we made it, called it the same I know. thing. And still do to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. But yeah, so that was... Um, but that, going back again, I know we talk about ramen. You should just call the podcast a ramen podcast. Pretty much. That's literally the only thing I talk about the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why that. Yeah, why. yeah, exactly. Can, when when people just, start realizing, you've just got to bring a dish out. Like no, sorry, something in the supermarket. A brand, the ingredients. Rudy's the ramen. Ingredients. <laughs> yeah, Rudy's ramen, and uh, yeah, literally tell it. Has to have the noodles there. The stock. The just the things that um, the things that you uh you know the basic and then you can just and then just tell anyone to add whatever they want yeah that is <laughs> a great a, idea actually yeah that is a really good idea <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like it was written in the stars the double r yeah, make, make it so yeah 
I think I have to at some I point. I think that um, is a thing because you have been addicted to that stuff, and I am. It's like it's it's gone. It's going in the family. Yeah. Um. You know, it's one of those things you you can't overlook. Yeah, I've started to get my friends onto it now. Um, Josh makes it all the time. And we were, we did, uh, the other day, me and Josh were on FaceTime. We did a little uh, ramen competition. And I do want to, I do want to do a, um, I said last, uh, last episode, I don't really want to do any more competitions. But if I was to do one, I think if I did a ramen competition, I'd back myself Mm. big time. I did one for, um, on my last day at Angelo, um, I did a venison uh ramen i was walking he gave me he sort of gave me the day off to walk around london and find like the perfect ingredients to make a really good ramen i wanted to impress him it was my last day so i went uh i went to chinatown got uh authentic bamboo shoots i got um things to make like perfect stock i used uh a venison haunch. I opened it up and seared it each side like it was a, a haunch. Like what's it was that? A haunch. Yeah, so what's that? It's haunch? like it's like the leg slash okay. arse of a uh, venison of a deer. Um, okay. And I seared it. It was like a steak. Had it cooked it perfect, medium rare, and that was one of, if not the best ramen I've had. Uh, apart from the one I had at uh, Wagamama when I was at Reading, but that was just like good on so many. You need. Levels. <laughs> yeah. I needed that in my system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some hot. No, food. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean there. Um, so ramen is that? Um, is that's the Japanese word? Isn't yeah, it? it is. So, is it? Can you call anything that you do a ramen? I guess. Pretty much. Yeah. Or is it? Is it? Do you know what it's called in another country? Um. No, it is it is just ramen because I've I've seen Vietnamese Vietnamese have it, but they have uh, their own way of doing it. I think in Vietnam they call it a pho, um, spelled P H O. Uh, someone might have to correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, that, and that's really nice. It's, but it's used. It's just changed slightly. Like they add fresh. Um, Vietnamese coriander, fresh Vietnamese basil, and they use rice noodles instead of um, egg yeah, noodles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you can use pretty much anything. You could probably use like a thin spaghetti for a ramen. I don't think that is a. It makes too much of a difference. I mean, I use the, I use the packet noodles and then just use my own, make my yeah, own broth. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. It's the easiest way to do it as well because this. They take literally 30 seconds. The whole thing itself, it doesn't have to take more than five minutes unless you no. like add other things to it. But in the time you boil a egg, you'll have enough time to make a broth. But obviously you want to leave a broth for longer to enrich the flavour, but yeah. you don't have to. So um, five-minute well, meals. I always put the egg in, and, and as if it was a... Um... Poach doing um yeah like a poach so just put it in mm. and then don't touch it for a while and then serve and it literally comes out yeah. and it breaks up as you're eating it's oh it's amazing mm. it's, but it's a sen- i think that's one of the most essential parts of ramen is having what, an egg, egg? <laughs> yeah yeah it can be I didn't it depends used to, how i didn't used to put it in the chinese um after, no. you know, the devil's that'd bunches. be a good that'd be a good one a little boiled that egg would on be top amazing oh I think we could yeah. uh, we could do that. We should try and uh, we should do a Chinese takeaway and then make a really really good version of Devil's Bum Juice because we've we've yeah. we make it normally, but we've never tried to use like special ingredients. So like, we could steep the we've broth in shiitake it. mushrooms and things like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. We've never actually gone out of our way to make it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just been, been there. Because yeah, the, whatever ingredients is left, just whack it. That's in. what goes. You should in. plan it out. Yeah, that's a good idea. I yeah, think we could. Uh, I think we could make it next level. 
Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I have to choose choose wisely what we get from the uh, the Chinese. Though I don't get it too often. No, so. nor do I. Less often, yeah. That's a, I, I, the reason why I don't anymore is um, I just can't. There's so much that I want off the menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- compared, I'm, I'd rather have a tiny bit of that, a tiny bit mm-hmm. of that, and a tiny bit of that. Yeah. And when there's not many, many of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I'm always a, with me and Alex and um, little Hugo and, and Haste. There's not a lot, and you know, and a few lot were round. We yeah. would already, we, we had the last time either. Actually, yeah, I had the last that was time. the last one you. I had as well. Again, what it's so hard to know what to order. Yeah, what to order, isn't it? It's just a joke, but to be fair, yeah, I, I think... do like I do like Chinese food as well. Yeah, uh, most of the times I've heard it, I get, uh, I've latched on to the duck chow mein because duck, I'd say duck's my favourite. Um, yeah, yeah. favourite meat. So so me. so so different compared to everything else. Such a such a more interesting flow flavour profile than um, just chicken. Because if you eat chicken by itself, it's not that flavourful. But if you have a duck breast, it is so tasty just by itself you don't even have to yeah. season it too much you know you don't have to add all yeah. the all the um all the seasonings that you would to a chicken breast it's literally just salt pepper and this how do they get that crispy duck thing going on on a duck breast what um you know like um you know that that thing that they they've got which is just so nearly impossible to replicate if you um well, if you go and buy a duck breast at yeah. supermarket or wherever, how to replicate that Chinese crispy? We know that thing they've got with the skin going on. Yeah. Um, so with the breast, what you do is you start, you put the skin side down in a cold pan, right? And it renders out all the fat. So when you render out the fat, it burns away all the water in it, and the water is what makes it soggy. So if there's no water, it's just straight crisp oh. along the skin. But with the legs, what they do is they slow cook them and then they finish them. They like flash fry them. So it's still crispy. And the middle oh, that makes still, sense. Uh, and, still when, and I guess with the breast, where they cut, you know, where they have, have yeah. the and the roast duck breast. Yeah. All right. That makes sense now. Yeah, it is yeah. special. I spent a little bit of time working in there. Chinese uh, kitchen, you pick up quite a lot in a short space of time. Even the language mm. barrier was the worst thing. I, none of no one in the kitchen spoke any English. No, <laughs> I Not remember walking in person. there and getting a takeaway. Yeah, and they went, "Ah, oh, come through." I was just about to do an impression there. I shouldn't really do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> they were convinced that your name began with a W. Put it that way. Leave it there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, uh, I've, I lovely. picked up, I picked up their accent quite well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> well, I just remember walking into the uh, kitchen yeah. and you, you just standing there. It was chaos, and you just it always was. Like, oh. It always was. Fair play, for, play for giving that a go, though, mate. Yeah, you know it's new experience. There's a lot of people who have spent half an hour in there and said, no, <laughs> "This is not for me." <laughs> I spent New Year's Eve in there one year, on that year, yeah, on the, on that year. That was the night. That was when I was that it? Was the night I bought the takeaway. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would make sense. Grandma came down, didn't she, or something like that? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember Max came <laughs> into the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, now. <laughs> the only yeah. person in the whole restaurant who spoke any English was um the front of house manager. What well, yeah, well the lady. Yeah, 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 with short hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He was the only person who spoke a word of English. So I was just in the kitchen and they just used to hand me things or point to things and that's what I had to do. It was oh crazy. My- yeah, I mean, but fair play. That that is that's when you know someone's got a big, good work ethic inside them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I spent. Which, I think I spent. Have? I spent longer there than I did at B and Q. 
that was a, that was a terrible experience. I knew when you said to me, "I'm going to work at B and Q, and money's good. <laughs> the money's good," and I was just thinking to myself, "No, the money was good." <laughs> you got, you've got to just, but you've got to go and try these things, haven't you? If you don't yeah, do these, exactly. you've got to realise what you don't like and what you do. Yeah, and I don't uh, like normal some, jobs. No, I've done some pretty savage jobs in my time. Jesus. Yeah. But that's how you get to know when you've always got to, whatever you do, you've got to enjoy what yeah. you do. What was your Otherwise, first job? Life draining. Um, I've my first job, um, as in like full time when I left school, was um a I was a travel consultant. Yeah. So I basically worked in a like a place where you put holidays together, like um Florida holidays and stuff like that. Yeah. So I booked the flight, the cars, and the villa, and all that separate sort of thing. So it was doing that really. That's decent. Working for a bucket shop. Um, bucket shop. That's what, that's what they used to call them. <laughs> uh, so you get them, you, they come up on teletext. Mm. Teletext was a thing, by the way, back yeah. in the day. It was just like came up on your TV and it was yeah, like yeah, news yeah. report. And um, they used to advertise on there. And uh, it was literally you just get a phone call and you put people's holidays together. <laughs> tell them, tell Fair them enough. they're going to a five star villa. <laughs> send them to a three star villa. That sort of thing. In between us, <laughs> they've never seen your face. They can't. It doesn't matter. They, they don't know where your offices are. They're in the back streets of where some where in where. And um, yeah, basically put put together a, a, a you know a, an amazing, incredible holiday, family holiday, once in a lifetime holiday for somebody. And um, sell them five star, send them on a free. That's basically <laughs> what teletext holidays were. Well, they don't know until they're in the. They don't know until they're in the country. So. Absolutely, yeah. Well, until they arrive and they see the motel that they <laughs> as opposed to the hotel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was um, yeah. For anyone listening, um, who's over the age of thirty or forty, they'll know. And they've been to a Florida holiday, and they've got it through teletext. They're not exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, and and sorry, <laughs> it was you the whole time. <laughs> Travel insurance was just like nothing. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's hilarious though. It's funny. One of the funniest places I've ever worked in my life. Yeah. We all had um. We all had giant. I started it off. I went out and bought a fish tank for my for my desk. Yeah. Um. And then it just started. The whole office it erupted, and we we were like, uh, by the end of it, I had like a a three foot aquarium <laughs> with tropical fish. <laughs> one one bloke opposite me, Matt, he couldn't be bothered to actually clean his. He didn't buy a filter with his. He just bought the fish and the water and the tank. <laughs> And uh, and a few like twigs to go in it. I had my full pir- pirate ship in it and everything. <laughs> Living Matt, the lavish life. He didn't clean his out, and all of his fish started swimming upside down. <laughs> um, honestly, it was, you've never you couldn't even pick. No way of describing how funny this office looked. Noble fish. <laughs> fish tanks everywhere is unbelievable. It's so funny though. You'd never say that today. No. Health and safety. Jesus. Did, like, <laughs> your, computer's next, your computer's next to it. <laughs> it jumps out. Whole thing. Just, oh, don't. Honestly. It was so funny. Like you did, If you just to stitch people up, you take a fish out of somebody else's tank, put it in <laughs> someone's drink. So as they're on the phone, they'll be drinking their drink. Oh. <laughs> it's like a half dead little fish in there now awful (laughs) i don't honestly we some of the most barbaric but most hilarious places Mm. things i've ever done work in that place it was hilarious that was fun for a first job to be fair kurt worked there you know kurt yeah Yeah. i got kurt job then and then we had a right laugh i I can imagine yeah i mean jesus christ yeah, he um, yeah, he he was a really good laugh there. Funny, really funny. Thank you for coming well, on, Dad. Well, <laughs> that's okay, son. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is how I normally speak. <laughs> I hope I was a bit streetwise for you. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, nice. That anyway, we'll look at the OnlyFans podcast. What are you going to say? Nothing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But before I go, another shout out to Revolution Records. If you haven't checked them out already, I really do suggest you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do suggest you do what a pleb. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fucking decent, decent shop. They've got every single genre. If you can think of a genre, they've got it CDs, vinyls, the whole shebang. They're turning into a franchise soon, or they're gonna try to at least. Um, so get in now whilst they're smaller, make them good connections, get your vinyls in. Everyone loves a vinyl if you don't. Then I don't know I don't know what you're about, but you don't deserve to be here. Yeah, you'd be stupid to not check it out at revolution-records.co.uk. And that's it from me this week. Stay safe, stay sweet, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>